Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including Lafayette and Lake Charles, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Social on Johnson Street in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports. It's business Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch Acadiana. I don't think I've ever quoted the business philosophy of Frank Sinatra before, but I can't think of a better way to introduce my guests on today's show. Mr. Sinatra was famous for not taking no for an answer and doing pretty much what he wanted. Summed up in his favorite lyric, I did it my way. Many of us have dreams of quitting the nine to five and doing what we really want. For many different reasons, that mostly remains a dream. Mark Boudreaux, Janie Verisco, and Skyla Manuel have been able to do it their own way. Their stories are very different, but they're all equally inspirational. Mark spent 40 years in the oil industry working offshore and later as an executive for ExxonMobil. In 2013, Mark retired and started doing what he really wanted, cooking. Today, Mark says he's the only personal chef within a 100-mile radius of New Iberia. Chef Mark Boudreau welcomed out to lunch. Thank you. Janie Verisco also started out in the oil industry. She spent 12 years in sales before launching her own business as a wedding and event planner. When weddings started to become events, Janie describes them as a circus that's all about the party, the gown, and the guest list. She decided to focus on the part of the wedding she cares about, the vows. Janie became a wedding celebrant. She's made something of a name for herself in local wedding circles because she's happy to marry anyone in love and legal, including the LGBTQ couples. Wedding celebrant Janie Verisco welcomed out to lunch. Thank you. And last but not least, Skyla Manuel didn't switch careers. She didn't get that far. Skyla went to school to study criminal justice, but realized that wasn't the career she wanted and instead started doing what she enjoyed most, baking cakes. After three years, the bakery she was working at closed down, so Skyla took out a loan and opened her own bakery. Today, Sky's the Limit Cakes is known for one-of-a-kind sculpted cakes that Skyla makes to order. Cake baker Skyla Manuel, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Is, and she brought cupcakes with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Mark, changing your life to do what you want uh, comes with some risk. You're investing time and money in something that might not work out. It also takes a certain amount of personal courage. Your whole life, most people have known you as one thing. And in your case, as a member of the oil industry, now after 40 years, you're not that. You're a chef. Was there an adjustment for you to see yourself differently? And how about your friends? Well, it wasn't that much of an adjustment because I was doing a lot of cooking in the time that I was working in the oil field. Now, was that like cooking offshore or uh, just at home? No, no, it was cooking at home, cooking in contests and things back home. So it was kind of a pastime on my time off. And what happened? People said you keep winning these things and you probably ought to do this for a living or? 
Not really. Uh, it was something that I chose. I was, uh, when I got out of the oil field, I kind of enlisted myself as a consultant. But the, at the same time, the oil field kind of turned bottom up. So I was said, what could I do? I don't want to sit home. I have a bunch of hobbies, but I wanted something else. So I chose to go into the personal chef business after doing quite a bit of research online. And wh what about, a lot of people would have that uh, same story up to there and then decide to open a restaurant. Why did you do it your way? Oh, a restaurant's too confining, too much time. I mean, <laughs> you're there every day. It's almost a 24-hour operation. I wanted something that gave me a little bit more flexibility to pick the times I wanted to work and pretty much pick the schedule I wanted to work. So it would give me more time to play golf, go fishing, do everything mm -hmm. else I want to do. You've been on other, other people's schedules for years. You want to be on your own this yeah, time. Yeah, it's, it's very nice to have your own schedule. <laughs> now, do you work for just one person or are you a personal chef for a number of people? No, the way it works, a personal chef is someone that a person or party would hire for them to come in and do the cooking on their site. It's not a catering business. You can't cook off site and bring the food in. You have to cook on site. So these are excellent opportunities for people who are too, have a very busy work schedule but like to eat good at night. You could come in and cook for them. Or they'd want you to come in and prepare meals for the week. So they could come oh. on home each night and have a, a meal ready to go. Now, Jamie. The courage to do what you want in your case comes with a very interesting social, political, and religious component. People in Acadiana are, for the most part, pretty open-minded, but that doesn't extend to everybody. Because you're happy to officiate at same-sex weddings, you've said, some will hate me, but I don't judge. Uh, has officiating at same-sex weddings had any consequences? And uh, I imagine the obvious positive is that you've now have a larger market. <laughs> well, th there's been no consequences. I've had nobody step up and give me any uh, any qualms about doing it. I, I believe God is love. Um, I can't judge him. The Pope if it's said, legal. I, Pope said he couldn't judge. Yeah, so, and I, I, I assume I you're below the Pope. I can't judge. And, um, <laughs> and, and actually, I'll tell you the truth. I, again, as a retired wedding planner and doing these uh, wedding ceremonies, I'm noticing that even with the same sex ceremonies, there seems to be even a little bit more love. There's a little bit more overcoming. There's a little bit more meaning to the ceremonies. So um, so it warms the heart a little bit more. How do you get to be, I guess, ordained? Well, there's several ways you can get ordained. And I, many years ago, I'll tell you this story. I had a wedding in Denham Springs, Louisiana, and it was a day of management. So I was just going run the day. Well, there was a judge coming to do the ceremony. So you were just the event planner, I was just the sort of. Planner. Okay, yeah, right. I was running the day. So there was a judge coming to do the ceremony, and he got in a car accident on the way to the wedding. And in that moment, I thought, I need to get ordained. What if this happens again? Somebody's got to be able to step in and do the ceremony. So with that, I did a lot of research, and that was, oh gosh, over 10 years ago. And so I basically got ordained online, but by a very reputable um, ministry service. Uh, like I pay a fee every year, yeah. it's not just anything free. Um, I've done some classes, I've worked, I've gotten some um, mentorship from some ministers. So, really? um, and I get, and I just keep doing it, I love it. It's, like it's just pastor. joy uh, in the heart to be able to say, marry someone. That, and do you do the, um, now it seems like every wedding I go to has more and more unique vows, you know, oh, it used to be so standard. Yeah, no, everything I do is totally customized for each couple. I write a whole ceremony for them, I send it to them, they love it, they hate it, they change it. Whatever it looks like, and trust me, every ceremony is 100% totally different. Wow. Um, and a lot of times now we're doing even family blending, where there's children coming from one marriage, you know, coming from one spouse oh, yeah. with the other spouse. So we do a like family blending bunch. ceremony. So there's wow. a lot of things different that we're doing now. Um, you choose the music? 
No, we let them choose the music with their DJs. That's their part. So I tell them where our music is needed. Now, Skyla, <laughs> opening a bakery in Lafayette is like playing the accordion or the fiddle. Around here, you're going to be compared to some seriously talented people. Uh, not only are there some long-standing favorite bakeries, but you're up against everybody's mama. <laughs> Has developing a niche in the wedding cake and sculpted cakes saved you from all of that, or do you still have to turn out basic favorites to keep the doors open? Yes and no okay. for both. Um, I'd still do all the traditional everything, like traditional wedding cakes and everything, but doing the sculpted and the out of the ordinary is what I love. Do people come in with like a sketch? Oh, some people will come in with a binder <laughs> and a million <laughs> photos from a, like, I want this element from this cake and this element from this cake. So I usually just sit down with them and I'll pull different photos from all their ideas and kind of sketch out an idea and we'll just kind of come up with something unique for them. So like wow. a little piece of every cake they've liked. And, and what's the wildest one you've been handed to design? Oh, I had this one lady come in, and she had this huge wedding. Her guest list was over 300 people. Oh. And um, she pulled, like, a different, she had a big, huge five-tier wedding cake, and she pulled a different, like, theme from a million different pictures. And it was, like, ruffled and hand-painted on one tier, and then uh, it was, like, impressioned on another tier. It, it was crazy, but it was just huge. Now, on the business side, um, you, you don't just start out, in your kitchen, you've got a you've got a place here. Where did you get the funding? I mean, you have to buy equipment and all that, right? Yes, I um, I started out at um, a place in River Ranch, and then um, when she closed, I kind of took some of her customers with me, and I worked out of my mother's kitchen for a while. Okay. My mom wanted to kill me. <laughs> um, I did that for probably two months, and then I worked up enough to uh, actually buy the used equipment from her. And I took out a very small loan, and I found this little hole in the wall on Eras Landry. My dad <laughs> renovated the whole thing. Oh, wow. And I just kind of went for it. <laughs> handy dad helps. Yes. Yeah, they... Uh, Definitely. What about... Um, just Do you ever get uh, a design or an idea for a cake, and you just think it's not going to be good? Yes. And what do, you, what do you do? Do you do you tell them or you just go ahead and do it? I try to steer them in a different direction. In a nice way? Yes, in a very nice way. And most people go with it. And then others, we just kind of do it. I just don't post those on, <laughs> on social media. <laughs> but now your whole business is, uh, you got all those uh, cake shows and all that. I yes. mean, your business has gone, it's a sexy business now. It's uh, <laughs> You know what I wanted to ask all of you is um, with the, the downturn in the oil business. Um, what have you seen in your own businesses? Is it, uh, do you see it affecting you? Um, I can tell y'all recently, I had two, two brides postpone their wedding. And when I asked them why, because of course, I'm curious if it's yeah. an Love issue with the relationship. But no, both of them said that their fiancés were laid off from the oil fields so they just have to wait a little longer. Because as we all know, weddings are very expensive. Yeah. No matter how small you do them, they cost a lot of money. So I have noticed that there's been a little downturn with weddings. And Mark, I don't you, know if you have. I've actually had like one or two people do the same thing. Yeah. They'll call like and downsize like, a cake? Yes. That would be the funniest thing. Not yeah. five tiers, we're gonna get rid of the top two. They, oh yeah. They, uh, <laughs> they'll either wow. downsize or they'll just um, cancel it for a credit or something. And Mark, you got a just the right time, 2013, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's a huge impact that people don't realize. It's not just to the oil people. It's a domino effect. It goes all the way through the mom and pop organizations. You know, when you cut one, you cut the other because you lost that 
revenue coming into your area, and it, it just affects everything. Now you, uh, because you've been in the business so long, you remember the 80s. Uh, oh, sure. Does it feel similar? Or? Oh, no, it's worse. Worse? So it's a lot worse than the 80s. The 80s was, was sort of a, a minor setback compared to what we're having now. Nobody anticipated it would go this long and, and oil would go so low. You know, I was thinking when I was reading your biography, I thought one of the things people say about working offshore is usually the food is pretty good. Yeah, the food was good. <laughs> uh, when I was the supervisor, I made sure that we kept a good cook, and that was the only way you could keep your crew working and happy. You had to have a good cook. A bad cook ruined the whole program. <laughs> now, you folks are all from around here, so you, um, have you seen other people in the same situation where they've, uh, they're changing, changing careers, maybe because of the downturn? I have another business that I'm actually now doing with Young Living Essential Oils, and so a lot of... Um, You're a conglomerate. Uh, I, well, <laughs> I just can't be bored. I have to be busy all the time. But I find that a lot of people are going into more of this, um, you know, different like multi-level marketing businesses, stuff that you can right. do on your own, on your own time, uh, pays well, pays abundantly. So um, I have two people on my team, on that particular team, that both lost their jobs. So they came to me and said, okay, teach me how to work this business. I got to have an income coming in. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're doing is we're teaching them how to work other businesses. Now, I do have to ask you, I, I really, I know the kind of oil Mark worked in. What are essential oils? Essential oils are the lifeblood of the plant. So oh. Jesus gave us these oils. These oh. are what we had before we had doctors. And so Gary Young has um, been in business for 21 years. And these essential oils are for wellness. Ah. And so my life has been changed. My husband's life has been changed by these oils. It's kind of become my passion. And I also feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with wedding ceremonies. I'm diffusing when they come into my office. Sometimes <laughs> we diffuse at the ceremony, um, help them with, there's an oil called stress away. So of course on wedding day, everybody needs to oh, stress yeah. away. That's what everybody you give the bridezilla. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Two of you are in Lafayette and you're in New Iberia? Well, the, the area. Yeah. New Iberia, Broussard, Youngsville, mm -hmm. Lafayette. And that, um, you think being in a, kind of a smaller community has held you back, or you think that's fine, business-wise? Uh, Hasn't held me back no. at all. Yeah. I think it's ah. almost beneficial. I think it's fine with me. I, I like dealing with the people in this area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and the yeah, good thing true. about us is, you know, Lafayette's got all these parishes around it. So we're not just limited to Lafayette. We have New Iberia, Broussard, Crowley, Brobridge. We have all these areas, you know, Opelousas. So I don't, it doesn't limit us. Mm -hmm. Not at all. I say the more the merrier. Yeah, yeah. Mark, how do people find you? I have a web page and I've done some advertising, but I guess with this type of business, it's just like a restaurant. Someone has to try it, yeah. then the word's got to get out. So it's a word of mouth business and it's just really getting kicked off. But once people taste the food, they tell other people, they tell other people and it just dominoes and that's how the business gets started. So it's really in its infancy of getting started, but the customers I've had had no complaints at all. And I have to ask you the same question I asked Skyla in a way. Do you, um, uh, you have some things you must like to cook more than others, but sometimes do people ask you to uh, kind of push the envelope out a little bit? There hasn't really been any requests except for steaks, I guess. And steaks <laughs> are too hard and too expensive to, to screw up for the customer. <laughs> and everybody wants their steak a certain way. Yeah. So that's about the only thing. I, I keep to a pretty set menu, but the menu is very diverse, and it's things that I know I can cook well. I can venture off and cook probably anything they want, but I can't really guarantee it. But the things I cook that are on the menu, I cook well. That, that's great. You know, now's the time we do the, the checklist. It's a part of the show where we take a little break and ask you a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. I'm going to start with Skyla. 
What were your career plans when you were in college? Uh, probably not Baker. No. You were a baking major. <laughs> not that at would all. be a <laughs> I um I started out thinking that like I just I didn't want to sit in an office. I wanted to do something different, something every day like just keeps me on my toes. So I um I opted for criminal justice and then I did maybe 2 years of that and I just completely changed my mind. <laughs> now, what were your plans? Were you going to be a, a police officer or like a, one of those CSI people or a spy? Uh, I, what were you going to be? A spy. All through high school, I watched every police show on television and I had all this stuff in my head like I was going to be a CSI. <laughs> really? And I was all into it. And even in school, I was pretty into it. And then it just kind of dropped out. Like I was just... It kind of became more of a cut and dry type thing, and I realized exactly it just wasn't for me. Now, Janie, how do you recharge your batteries? Well, it's really important for me to get some quiet time, and we have a camp in False River, which is okay. about an hour from here, so we go there as often as possible. We play on the water, we you know, build a fire pit. We have four grandbabies, so we're always recharging and having them around us. Um, doing something to take care of yourself. And for me, that's kind of my peaceful place. Now, Mark, what part of your job gives you the most satisfaction? I guess sitting and watching people enjoying the food when they eat. It's sort of like your grandmother, you know. She wants to make sure, is everything okay? You, did you eat everything? <laughs> Was it good? And it's just that satisfaction of seeing people eat. One of the most recent cooking uh, gigs that I had was for 70 people. Whoa. And uh, when I went in, I told the, the people exactly how much the servings would portion out. And it, she, I said, I'll have at least 400. But there was one guy, when he got into the corn and crab soup, he ate 10 bowls of soup. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh my. So he put a serious dent in the number count. Compliment. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, a compliment. <laughs> and then he went into the gumbo. Wow. And then the gumbo, he ate another five bowls. Oh, my gosh. So... Is Before he a eating long, contest? That's really yeah, something. I, I was trying to figure out where was he putting all this food, but, but he ate it. And what happened was we, we sort of ran out of food before the timeline was over for the party. And everybody's coming to me, where's the food? I said, this is it. I mean, I can't help if someone eats 10 bowls of, of soup. Right. You invited Bob. Yes. Yeah. They, uh, they, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was pretty amazing because they ate everything. They were scraping the pans and even the rice. Toward the end, they were eating just plain rice. Just <laughs> wow. that, and everything was gone. All the desserts were gone. Nothing was left. And you mentioned, uh, use the analogy of your, your grandmother and such, but that's, that's kind of how you got into cooking, right? I mean, your, your family cooked. Oh, yeah, everybody cooked. Uh, I mean, my grandmother was probably one of the world's best cooks, in my opinion. My dad was a big cook. What they down here, they call a big cook. He would go out to camps and things like that and cook for 50 to 150 people, and, and he would cook wild game cook-offs and, and things like that. So, yeah, everybody in the family cooks. So, and that is one of the things I've noticed in Louisiana is that the guys can cook. Oh, yeah. You know, can this, you come uh, to my camp and do some yeah, cooking? <laughs> I noticed she's slipping him that paper with the address. I That's right. That was, uh, <laughs> that, that was subtle. There that was, was subtle. subtle. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that is actually not true in other parts of the country. The what do you mean? The males aren't not, men don't necessarily be, uh, be oh, big right. cooks. And here, it's a big part of the, mm -hmm. the game. That's the There's, Cajuns. That's the that's how you choose a husband. There's, uh, <laughs> you chose him for his drumming skills. <laughs> but that's how uh, they uh, That seems a, that's <laughs> a little groupie. different. Scott, let me ask you, um, you know, you've, you've got some pretty elaborate uh, cakes and such. Uh, um, what do you charge for these kind of things? 
It, most of the cakes, like once you get into the sculptures, the base price on most of them is about 350. And then it goes, <laughs> yeah, it kind of goes like into how elaborate you want it. So I kind of just kind of take the picture and judge by that. But I also do serving sizes, like I'll charge a certain percentage per serving. But it's really hard. A lot of people ask me like on um, Facebook and the website, they'll ask me to put pricing. And I'll never put pricing. Because uh, yeah. each cake kind of is custom corner. to you and how many people you need to feed and exactly what you want. So it's it's kind of hard, but um, I'm, I'm getting a little better with the getting the pricing down. <laughs> and you've got uh, you're a real business person, so I mean the the costs you're uh, getting probably getting better at that side too. Yes, um, I have a friend that's all into numbers, and he sits down and he puts everything into a spreadsheet, and we go through that. And um, I I mean I make good profits on them for sure. Have you ever put anybody inside a cake? That, no. that was very big in the 50s. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's no, something you want to <laughs> do. They, uh, you know, Jane, let me ask you about, you mentioned that the, the essential oils changed your life. Mm -hmm. In what way? Well, I, I'll try to make this story short. I was born with a hole in my heart. So, and, and, and that in sounds like a blues song, well, but that's a real hole in your heart. Okay. Hey, that's a good it's idea. Dave should be listening. <laughs> so, so most of my life, I was quite ill. Uh, my mama run, ran me to the doctor for everything. I got a penicillin shot or a cortisone shot for everything. So I started seeing a naturopathic doctor a few years ago. My daughter's a midwife. So, of course, uh -huh. she's pushing us to a more wellness path. And I had started using these oils, and I'm off of some major prescriptions that weren't life-saving prescriptions. Right. So I'm substituting the oils for that. Uh, my husband's actually off of antidepressant medication mm -hmm. because of these oils. Um, I can shift a mood pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can keep germs out of my house. So there's a lot of things, that, uh, you know, um, there's an oil called Thieves. Um, I'm going to try to stay compliant. There's an oil called Thieves that I use on my teeth because it's great for gum health. And um, I needed a root canal a few years ago. And after using this product for a certain amount of time, I went in for that root canal. And the doctor x-rayed me and said, you no longer need that procedure. Oh, but who would want to miss so, a root canal? They, yeah, uh, <laughs> but I'm just, what I'm, yeah, it is pretty funny. But what I'm saying is like, um, so significant things have happened by me using this, which is why now I just felt like I have to tell everybody about it. I have to share it yeah, with you. other they, people. And so, um, so that's what I'm doing. That's kind of my fun sharing. I don't call it work, it's sharing, it's fun. Yeah. And I teach classes and mentor men and women. Well, you know, Skyla gave us a great, uh, Oh, overview of pricing, which seems like really specialized. What about yourself with the the, the marriage celebration? Well, the uh, marriage stuff. Um, if they're getting married within a like thirty per hour? No, no, no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> per vow. <laughs> no, 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 no. Per word. Yeah. This is what I do. They come in. They meet with me. They get a consultation. That takes about an hour. They decide if they want to book me. Depending on where their wedding is at, or if I have to run their rehearsal, that's a whole oh, different yeah, price. Yeah. But basically, I charge two hundred dollars. Um, so they're getting an hour meeting with me. They're getting a customized script, which could take me many hours. And then I show up typically about 45 minutes before their ceremony. Um, I get set up. I put out fires. Who's got the marriage license? Where are the oh, rings? Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, let me fix that for you. Because, I mean, that's still the planner in me. The cake top. Crook top cake is crooked. Let's fix it. Um, <laughs> so it's about 200. Um, I've been asked to travel to some faraway places, but I'm like, it's really kind of not worth it. Yeah. Surely yeah. there's someone in your area that can do that. And then if they want to hire me for, like, go to the rehearsal and run it and bring an employee to send the people down the aisle, the processional, then I charge more for that. So that's, it's again, I don't quote them till I meet them. 
You know, you and Skyla both yeah. do that. Well, Mark, in this business, you can't, you can't, because oh, you yeah. don't know what you're up against till you yeah, really exactly. meet with a couple. Like and Mark probably runs in your into business too. Mark runs into people who eat for ten. You know, right. there's, uh, yeah. you, you just don't know what's going to happen. Plan for it. Now you know how to prepare for those. <laughs> Sometimes when you're at a crossroads or you're wondering what you should do with your life, the inspiration or the courage to take a certain path comes from unexpected places. With so many in our community affected by the changes in the oil business, there are a number of people wondering about taking a different path. If you're one of those people who just happened to hear our conversation today or you know somebody in that position, maybe the experiences you've heard about today will inspire you. Mark, Janie, Skyla, thank you all so much for taking the time out to join me on Out to Lunch. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Great. The, uh, my guests today have been Chef Mark Boudreau from Mark's Personal Chef Service, Janie Verisco uh, from I Now Pronounce You, and Verisco Events, and Skyla Manuel from Sky's the Limit Cakes. You can find out more about Mark's meals, Skyla's cakes, and Janie's weddings by following the links on our website, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Ann Christian is our researcher. Our theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escaday. Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Social Southern Table and Bar in Lafayette. Social is open six days a week for lunch and dinner with brunch on Sundays. Now, if you want to know what we look like, and I think we are worth taking a peek at, um, <laughs> you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Gwen O'Quan. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsacadiana.com and krvs.org. Support for Out to Launch Acadiana comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. That's located off Pinhook near Calise Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette has 290 sleeping rooms and 14,000 square feet of meeting space to accommodate groups from 10 to 500 for meetings, conferences, weddings, and high school reunions. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com. From the boardroom to the showroom, Acadiana's business decision makers turn to ABiz. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state including Lafayette and Lake Charles. Providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.